today's guest is Tiffany Nickel. Tiffany is an amazing body empowerment coach and fine artist. She has been painting women's figures and helping trauma survivors deal with their story and see themselves in a different light through her art and her work for a long time now and it's really starting to come together for Tiffany. I'm so excited to share her story and her mission with you. If you'd like to learn more about Tiffany, you can find her on Instagram at paintmenickel. Some of the lessons in our conversation include using self-compassion to quiet judgment and changing the way we talk about our work so that we can drop more easily into flow. So how has your day going? I have a show coming up in two weeks. I'm traveling to it. And so I'm finishing up paintings for that show. Oh, amazing. So tell me about the show. So the show is titled um, For One Woman Come Together. And it is um, canvases with all multiple women on them that posed in groups for my art for the show. I remember some of those pictures. They're gorgeous. How was the experience of painting multiple women? Because I know you've got a lot of experience with single figures. It was different and it was really hard. I mean, I t- I've been timing them and I have spent 37 hours painting it so far. So, and I'm not done. <laughs> but the larger one, I spent over 106 hours, 106 and a half. Yeah. <laughs> long, long time. Yeah. And so tell me, what was your highlight from doing something new like this? Uh, they turned out really well and it definitely gets you out of your comfort zone. So it makes you kind of learn how to adapt and ask people for help when you need it. That's a great skill to always be practicing. (laughs) It is a great skill to practice. That experience must have been amazing. What were the challenges or highlights of dealing with that many models all at once as well? So they didn't pose live for me. They were a survivor group in England and they just sent me a bunch of pictures to paint and I never had painted them yet. And so I am using those now to paint them. Oh, amazing. Oh, that's so cool that they gave you that prompt. Um, And in this show is my first time ever there will be faces on some of the paintings. So. Oh, wow. That's huge too. Huge. (laughs) I was thinking as you were talking about these women coming together and knowing some of your other work, you get so much from one person, from their story, from the things they tell themselves in their recovery process. What did you learn or what dropped in for you as you were bringing some of these stories that maybe had similarities and maybe they were contrasting stories together? I am always been super into community and like having a safe space for people to share. And part of that is a sisterhood. It's not just creating the space. It's also holding the space for the women to share their stories. And so there's a couple that are like holding each other and like, we literally have the capability to hold each other and nurture each other through the things in our lives, good, bad, whatever it is. And that friendship, that sacredness, there's just nothing that really compares to it. And so these paintings are literally a representation of like, actual sisterhood of like that actual I can hold you in whatever space you're currently in Mm, that's amazing I remember reading about Brené Brown and she said you know it's not about fixing it like so many people rush to try and fix it for you if you say like there's something wrong and you have the courage to speak up and share your story people either want to fix it for you so that the discomfort's like sorted or they want to push you away because 
it's uncomfortable and triggering them. And it's rare or it's more of a challenge to hold a space that says, okay, I don't have to fix it and I don't have to push you away and I can just linger here with you. Yeah. So I actually host a group of women um, virtually. Recently, we just talked about this um, and every single call now we bring it up before we start. I think being radically responsible for our own bodies and our own reactions and our own emotions is where you can learn to linger in those spaces. What other people say when they trigger you, you're still radically responsible for that response. You could say like something to me and my body and my response would be like to shut down, like turn off my computer screen. I can't handle the situation. And we have to kind of like deal with the fact that it has nothing to do with what you said or who you are as to do with how I internalized it as a person. Yes. I love that bringing it back into what you can control is you can control your response. You can control your interpretation of the events, but you can't control how someone else is behaving or what they said. So what we try to do in those groups is we talk about them. So like, Hey, this was super triggering for me on a personal level, not because of what you said, but because of how I and my body reacted to it. And so we have conversations about that. And it's a totally different level of like understanding when you can get to that point, it doesn't matter what other people are saying. You can understand and listen to them and love them unconditionally and have that same compassion for yourself. Yeah. Amazing. It sort of takes the sting out of it, doesn't it? When you can shine a light on it and talk about it without judgment, without self-judgment as well, especially like you're saying, I think that's one of the lessons I'm always trying to teach people is that judgment, any kind of judgment, but especially self-judgment gets in the way of creating, like judge the work, don't judge yourself. And it's such a hard lesson to learn because I think so many of us have spent so long judging ourselves or feeling judged, even if we weren't being judged. But a lot of it is like real judgment too. Such an interesting and important conversation. How do you help people to understand the concept of radical responsibility? What makes radical responsibility different from normal traditional responsibility? Okay. So, I mean, like there's responsibility if you yell at your spouse, there are consequences for the action or your wife or your partner, whoever they are, they're mad at you. But how about instead of like, you shouldn't yell at them, why did you yell? Why did you feel the need to yell? What was the root of that cause so that we can now start to not, I I hate the word fix, but like, so that you can start to understand and shine light and change that behavior a little bit because it's, there's always a reason Mm. and it's not something that you do overnight. It is a, it is a big, long process and it's hard work. It's not something that just like, oh, I can like realize this. You have to really do some digging into like some really like parts of yourself. Like for me, I, and I'm a geller, especially in like the last six months, I've been really trying to stop and understand, like I'm screaming because I don't feel like people listen to me. Even if they're listening to me, I don't think in my mind, like somewhere I have this like narrative that like nobody listens to me. And if I'm not loud enough, (laughs) they won't listen to me, you know, shadow work. And if you don't know what shadow work is, that is basically the subconscious parts of yourself that control your life. And I mean, this is something obviously that you have taught me a lot about, but I mean, it's just this work that you're constantly doing Um, and having help. Like I strongly believe it's not meant to be done alone. 
you should not be unpacking really deep trauma and shadows of your own by yourself. Um, you need someone, other people to lift you and hold you. And I guess you're asking, where does all the paintings come from? That's the idea. Mm. We can lift each other. We can hold each other during whatever it is. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And it was just as you were talking and you're talking about shadow self, that's the psychological term and Carl Jung brought that in and and we use that now. And it, it kind of makes sense, right? We have highlights and shadows. But I love this conversation in relation to art because I often find that like the creative process is actually like mirrors a self-development process quite strongly. And when we start to use concepts like shadows, you know, we can be putting that intentionally into our techniques and repertoires of learning how to manage and handle light and learning how to communicate shadows through our work. And that sort of helps us to understand the value of our shadow selves as well, because if you, you know what a painting would look like without shadow, right? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, and I just did a black and white painting, which I don't always do. That's a little not of my thing, but I just did one. And um, so I like to counter it as in there are no shadows. There are no parts of ourselves that are actually bad. Like, I mean, come on, like seriously, all the things that you think are so bad. Like if you write them down, some of them even seem silly. Like they're not even like bad things. And so I like to counter this with the idea that shadows don't really exist. It's just the absence of light, which you can literally take a flashlight and put light there anytime you want. And we have complete control over that. So when I'm comparing it to like my painting, um, right now the painting that I'm working on, there's two figures. And so the light is in the center of their, like where they meet. And then that's dark on the outsides. Okay. So the cool thing about it is if it were, you know, two real women in real life standing there, I could just move the light and it would change where you could see them. And so it's very simple to understand that. And it's a very relatable thing to understand like on an artistic level and on a psychological level. Yes, totally. I've been toying with this concept as I've been exploring like self-development alongside creative process. And I don't know if I've nailed exactly how to word it, but I feel like there's an important lesson here. And it's about how our shadow self and our highlight self come together and they help inform the other, right? Oh, they do. Brene Brown describes it. She says, we shouldn't be afraid of the dark because the dark defines the light. Absolutely. That's how come we can see the twinkle lights against the, the dark background, right? But then there's also this idea that the focal point in a painting often carries the highest contrast. It, and we, we, our attention is naturally drawn to high contrast. And so by looking... We shouldn't be afraid to explore the shadows and to linger there because it is in the comparison of the shadow and the highlight that the interest happens. Well, that's unrealistic to think that everything is always going to be sunshine and rainbow. So can't we learn that even when we're in those shadows or we're in those dark times, can't we be in those spaces, be present in them, but also know that everything will always be at least okay? Mm. And so I have this new mantra that I say, and it's all as well, all the time. Um, and so when I'm feeling really terrible or bad about something, I'm like, all as well, like, it's going to be okay. I can learn and I can move and I can grow through this in whatever way I choose to. Yeah. And it's all about that coming back to radical responsibility. Circumstances happen. As soon as we start labeling them as good and bad, 
that's when we fall into this trap of what I call heavy and light emotions. So heavy emotions, some might call negative emotions, but they feel like a big weight, right? It feels like we're sunk at the bottom of the ocean and we've got this big weight on us. And I believe our natural state is more buoyant than that. And so it's not so much about fixing it or becoming good or becoming light or like putting a happy face on it or thinking positive. It's not about ditching the bad so much as it is about not attaching to it. Like when we can not grab onto that anchor and think, oh, I'm here. So I may as well like get comfortable being here and we can let go of the anchor. We'll naturally sort of start to float up, but it's also not binary. It's not positive and negative. There are stages we go through and we know that we're moving in the right direction. Abraham Hicks says like by a little bit of relief, a little bit of relief. Sometimes anger feels like a relief from powerlessness. If I can scream at you and feel really, really mad at you, then I've got some power here. I've got a voice here. That's the next level. Yeah. Right. It's important when we're looking at the shadow work stuff to realize just like in a painting, Sometimes it's the shadow that makes it pop, that like fully grasps the understanding. We now suddenly have depth and empathy for other people and it's it's exactly what we needed in order to understand what the light was for. Yeah, so as I explore my own shadows and I help other women explore their shadows, the things that I find almost always the most beautiful in life are the things that we are the most scared of. I did a series a while ago and I painted a bunch of women and they were in jars. And I kind of related that series to like, we put pieces of ourselves into a jar and we go and put it down in our darkest caverns and we shut and lock the door behind a hundred blocks because it's a bad part of us and we don't want it there. As we go down and we see some of those pieces of us ourselves and we find them, it's magical. I mean, it is the most magical part about all of us is like that journey of like, learning. And like some of those things, we go in there and we explore them and we don't need them anymore. So there's no need for it to be a part of us. We can just let it go. And some of those shadows and those dark things or those pieces, they need a voice to be let out. They need to be let out and play. In my coaching programs and when I paint women, we talk about sex. We talk about some really deep stuff. And the reason that it's important isn't because sex is the most important thing but it talks about a lot of how you feel about your own body and what your own body tells you. And like, when you start talking about these things in a scientific neutral type of way, like they just are, it changes how you see the world. You know, I'm very into like body neutrality and like loving your body, but like as an artist, I study anatomy like doctors do. Okay. I probably know more muscles and skeletal bones than probably 90% of the population. I mean, I study that stuff like you would not believe. They're all shapes, okay? So when I painted myself, like I've done self-portraits and then I've painted hundreds of women, they're all just shapes. So like when a woman gets naked in front of me and poses and they're like feeling uncomfortable, like doesn't it bother you that I'm nervous? It doesn't bother me at all because I don't see that. I'm literally looking at the body that's in front of me as like, their shape, like they just are. It doesn't matter if it's fat, skinny, round, square, like you're literally just shapes to me. And it's like the most beautiful composition of shapes that can exist anywhere. And they're all unique. Yes. 
I love this so much because it's reflecting, we were talking about judgment before, and judgment carries a certain kind of language. It loves to label. It loves to know. It loves to say arm, leg, fibia. You could probably <laughs> list a ton more. Um, but as soon as we get into our creative mode and we want to turn down the volume of that executive center of control and we want to lower the volume of judgment, we really want to see the big picture and how the parts connect with each other. We need a new language for that. And that language is, like you say, it's neutral. It says, how does this line, um, what angle is that line next to the edge here? And what is this shape? And how how much is that curve? And where is that shadow? Um, how solid is that shadow? And suddenly it's kind of almost not even, you wouldn't know whether I was painting a cat, a person or a sphere. It's just kind of angles and lines and shapes and and we sort of zone into the detail but at the same time keeping it in relation to everything else but everything's necessary we don't go oh I'm not going to put that shadow in because that um I don't like that color or we don't go oh I'll just skip this part of the curve because it'll look nicer if I straighten it up like actually all of those kind of little edits and those judgments make it look strange and dismorphed and unusual and I think there's so much we can learn about how we can have positive self-talk by the way we start to think and look and interact with our art at the same time through the way we edit it through the way we like think about it when we're creating yeah so one of the very first women that I ever painted this was like you know five years ago when I very first started painting live models um she came in, she'd filled out her questionnaire and, you know, I used to paint survivors. And so it was a lot about her surviving a sexual assault. And I asked her what she loved about her body. And she was like, well, I don't love anything about my body. My body is ugly, but I thought this might be a good experience. And so then she, we were talking and she like mentioned something about hating her breast. And I said, well, I don't really care because all breasts make the same shape when I draw them and it's a C. <laughs> And she was like, are you being serious? I'm like, yes. I mean, they all make a C shape. All of them. There's no breast on the face of the planet Earth that doesn't make a C. You know, some of them are larger or smaller, but like, it's irrelevant. And so that idea isn't just artistic. It's also psychological. Like, you just are what you are. And no matter how you feel about it, it's beautiful and it's magical. And I mean, it's, I mean, it's just so, it's exciting. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's like we have been trained all our life to have this certain image of ourselves and it's very linguistic. It's, it's very much how somebody else has described us before. And so we attach to these words like and I, I know you've done a lot of this with your paintings as well, like the words that we attach to in how we describe ourselves, but there's something about seeing ourselves, not in the mirror, not with that in the dialogue, but in a different medium that sort of just for a moment jolts us out of our usual expectation of how we see ourselves and enables us to see it from another perspective. That's something your art does, not just for the person who's being painted, but for the viewers who are seeing all these different figures as well. Yeah. So, I mean, with my art specifically, because I paint figurative and expressive. So all of my study of the human body is, is extensive and I can paint very realistic people. People don't know that about me very well because I don't do it. Um, not because I don't like it, but because that's not how I see people when I look at them. And so literally what you're seeing when I paint a bright green woman is 
I saw energy when we interacted and it was color. It was shapes. And it is like this, it's so necessary for that expressiveness because you can't, the colors and everything make you stop and go, oh, this is kind of cool. Like, this is pretty. And it stops you from going, oh, this is a human body that I can sit here and pick apart into a billion pieces. Some people still do that, but it takes you a second. It stops that train of thought, like you were saying, that wheel that's going. It doesn't go, oh, those are big boobs. Those are small boobs. That is a fat thigh. That is a thin thigh. That is, it's round. It's colorful. And that literally I'm giving you a lens into the energy that I see you with. And that's, I mean, that's my superpower. Everybody has a superpower. I see beauty in everyone and it's never boring. I've been asked a lot recently, like you've been painting women for nine years, total nine years. Isn't that really boring? They're all the same. No one is ever the same. No woman, no body shape, no, nothing is ever the same. We're all unique. And that is what makes us desirable, incredible. It's just, it's so exciting. (laughs) I love your excitement and it totally comes through in your work and in the, the word that springs to mind with your work for me as a wee reflection is empowerment. Always, because I want to empower you to look at your body in a new way. Not in a different way, not in a better way, but in a new way. Yeah. And for many people, I imagine they've never seen themselves represented that way before, ever. Never even imagined that they could be painted or that they could be. I imagine that's quite a profound experience for some people to have that much energy. And even if you're painting off a photo, like it's still that 107 hours or whatever of focused, dedicated attention on on them and how many people get to be listened to or seen or understood or explored like that. It's really special. It is. It's incredibly special. And, you know, I personally, I don't only provide that experience. I have had that experience. I have commissioned my own personal painting for one of my favorite artists and it hangs in the middle of my living room and it is pretty large and people think it's a little weird sometimes. (laughs) Like it's a, it's a literal expression of all of the work that I do and all of the things for my own body and all of like the stories that I've told myself, like it's a reminder of like, Hey, this is how someone else saw you. This is what they see when they're looking at you. And guess what? It's fucking beautiful. (laughs) Always. So, I mean, for me, because I'm an expressive artist, what is real? Because nobody sees you the way that you do. I don't see you the way that you see you. I see you the way that I see you. It's, there's no one that's ever going to see the same thing. We all have our own individual perceptions, which is also the other really cool thing about what I get to do. I don't take models on a smaller basis now. I only paint commissions of models who are my one-on-one private coaching clients because the more I get to know them and the more we interact and the more I get to like see who they really are, and like unlocking those cages of like shame and judgment and hate, then I get to really paint the soul that I get to see. And it's really hard to get that from like one questionnaire or even just basic conversations. And so now I spend 13 weeks with every single woman that I paint doing work 
on embodiment and shadow work and being seen and all of those things so that I get to know not like the you that you think you are, not the you that you portray for other people, but the you that's like your entire persona. Yeah. And it also opens them up to seeing themselves in a new way as well, because I imagine that you see, like you said, you see the beauty in everybody. And if somebody is so um, shut down that they're not able to see the beauty in themselves, then they just won't translate what you have seen. It won't make sense to them because they haven't done the work to be able to resonate with that, you know? Right. Exactly. Oh, amazing. Oh, my God. Can we just celebrate for a minute how far you have come and how you're just soaring and being amazing? Yes. And how your work and your message is so cool and so good. I just feel like, oh, I feel so excited for you and I and for the women that you're working with and the work that you're doing and I love that it has grown into this big thing and that you're holding all these different spaces. So um, for those who don't know about Tiffany, she holds her coaching space, she paints these women, she has art magazines that capture stories, she has private groups she holds so many spaces and is such a good example of this radical responsibility and of this compassionate listening that is so necessary not just for people with deep-seated trauma but for like everybody like literally everybody um (laughs) and it's so cool to see that that I just wanted to acknowledge because um part of my superpower is helping other people see what I'm seeing through description through like questions and digging deeper and then saying this is what I'm hearing this is what I'm seeing how does this feel to you um and I am seeing a very bright star (laughs) oh thank you uh I just I love what I do I mean like when I say that I love what I do I it fills every single part of me all the time I mean I have a super magical, wonderful business in life and getting to express and be who I am helps with my creative process, my coaching. It's everything. It changes everything when you choose to be radically responsible and when you choose to be yourself. When you choose that, it's not really a choice, but like the acceptance of like, your body being it's an expression form your body is an expression form for who you are and no amount of changing your body or hating your body is ever going to do anything positive for your life that's the simplistic message of everything that i do is that your body is a true expression form i love your message and this has been such a cool exploration of your show that's coming up and thank you so much for your time and for sharing your story and some of your process and the things that you're learning and things that you're celebrating along the way so thanks tiffany you're welcome thank you for listening to the creativity reflections podcast 
If you would like to invest in your creativity and magnify your voice and overcome some of those blocks that are keeping you stuck, check out my website, creativityreflector.com.